chapter 5 of Luke. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two ships standing by the lake. Notice this posture, if you would. But the fishermen were gone out of them and washing their nets. This is the posture of it's over. This is the posture of it's finished. This is the posture that says, I'm done. I finished trying. I'm out of the boat. I'm going to wash my nets and let, let be what is. They were out of the boat and they were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships and this changes everything. This boat just happened to be Simon Peter's. And he asked him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. This is important to understand that Peter was out of his boat. He was washing his net. Listen to what I want to say to you right here. So when Jesus climbed in his boat, not only was a strange man climbing in his boat, but he was inconveniencing him because he was busy washing his nets. And the Lord looked at Simon and said, could you push me out just a little bit? Anybody here tonight that would be willing to say, Lord, inconvenience me if you must. Mm, I feel this prophetic word in here, the inconvenience. I want you to notice the order. There was a moment where Peter felt like it was over and he was hopeless. There was a feeling of hopelessness. And then came the intrusion of the Lord getting his space. Then came the inconvenience of the Lord saying, stop what you're doing and focus on what I'm doing. And then came the miracle. Some of us want to go from hopelessness to the miraculous, but the Lord said, I'm going to have to inconvenience you just a little bit to show you what I'm about to do. And I want to know, are you willing to let me work right now? Now when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets, uh, let your nets for a draught. But Lord, we just cleaned them. We just, we just finished. What's, what's the deal with the inconvenience? Simon answered and said to him, this is as nice as he could say it. Well, Master, we've toiled all night and we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when, everybody say when. When is a word of timing. Somebody say timing. When they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their net break. They beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. And here comes revelation. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Tonight, I felt led in the Holy Ghost when I walked into this sanctuary to preach to somebody in this house about the right place. At the right time. Turn to your neighbor in here tonight and tell him you're at the right place at the right time. You may be seated in the name of Jesus. I'm going to reiterate a few things tonight for the sake of knowledge. 
for the sake of stickability, that you would understand what the Word is saying to us tonight. I've preached many times over the last 25 or so years about the miracle that the Lord did with Peter and how powerful it was. It was a matter of obedience, nevertheless, at thy word. It was not about the circumstances that were in front of him because the truth was, the evidence was, there was nothing to be caught. Now, it was known by these fishermen that these particular fish would only bite at certain times of the day, not necessarily biting at, at bait, but in the, the, uh, the nets as they were. They were fish that were moving at certain times of the day. And there was nobody, in my opinion, uh, outside of Peter and, and uh, Zebedee and his boys that understood the waters like they did. The, the, these were not novice fishermen. These were men that knew how to do it at the right time, but... The understanding that they had was only in this temporal realm. And there are times that it doesn't matter how knowledgeable you are. When the timing is not right, it's not going to happen. Come on, somebody. You've tried everything you know to do in your own power. You've tried every trick you've got. Uh, there's something about it. If you've ever been with a good fisherman, it's amazing. You can throw the same bait on the same kind of rod you can go to uh, Cabela's and buy the same exact giddy-up they got. You can get the same kind of bait and the same kind of reel and the same kind of rod. Uh, get your wife mad at you because you spent $600 on a fishing rig. Go out with them on their boat and they'll catch them every time. You'll pull in, catch nothing. There's something about the knowledge of a fisherman. But there comes a time in our lives where we have to say, God, I've tried everything I know to do. I've tried everything in my power. I've, I've tried every letter I know to write, every call I know, every text I know to send, every prayer. I know how to pray. I've done everything I know to do. And the Lord sees us in that state of frustration where we have finally just resigned ourselves to the fact that this is the way it's going to be and we have put our oars away we have tucked the boat away got everything in order we've climbed out of the boat and now we're washing our nets because it's not going to happen if God didn't do it already then it isn't going to happen if we haven't caught the fish then it isn't going to happen but I rebuke that voice tonight in the name of Jesus I speak to every voice that that's what it desires to declare and I'm declaring to that voice tonight to be silent because because God is about to do what only God can do. I've got a message for the naysayers that say we've already had the greatest revivals that we're going to have. i got a message for the naysayers that want to say we've preached our last sermon on foreign soil and we'll never see the nations come open. In the name of Jesus, I declare it again publicly. The nations are coming open. These men were in a posture of frustration. I have found myself in recent days in this posture. And, and I want you to know it's not a sin to get frustrated. It's not a sin to get frustrated. I have found myself in places of frustration saying, God, I really don't know if there's anything else that we can do. I really don't know what else we can say. And sometimes that's the will of God for us to find that place because we are finally resigning ourselves to the fact that if we could have done it on our own power, it would have been done. But when God wants to do what only he can do, we've got to have the wisdom to let God handle it. 
One of the hardest lessons I've ever had to learn as an adult is you can't die on every hill. Come on now. I'm fixing to get down where you're living. Some of us have been fighting fights that God didn't intend for us to fight. Some of us have entangled ourselves and got distracted with things that God never intended for us to fight. And I'm going to give you the proof because you've been fighting about it for so long and it hadn't changed one bit. Anybody in here ever get tired of fighting an uphill battle, climbing all the time, and it doesn't ever change? Let me tell you why. It's because you're still trying to figure out how you're going to do it. But I've got prophetic anointing on my tongue tonight when I declare to you it is not by might and it is not by power. It will be by the Spirit of the living God. They were postured in a place that said, I'm done, I'm finished, I'm throwing in the towel, so to speak. I guess, I guess cleaning your nets the same thing as throwing in the towel. I'm done. I'm washing it up. I'm finished. They were in a tough situation. Peter was in need of some money. And the only way he knew how to get the money was to catch the fish. And he was at a place where he didn't know what else to do. So he did everything that he could. And I, I'm reiterating this for a reason tonight. I'm not a broken record. I'm doing this for a reason. I'm trying to get this in somebody's spirit. Peter was at a place where he didn't know what else to do. So he just got out of the boat. But there was a man standing on the seashore that had a different perspective than Peter had. Peter was caught up in the present. Peter, listen, Peter was interested in fishing to catch just enough to pay the debt. There's a spirit that God's trying to break off the church. You hear me tonight. I feel that prophetic anointing on me. There's a spirit that the Lord is trying to break off the church. And it's that spirit of just enough. That we're going to get just enough to pay the debt. We're going to get just enough to get relief. I'm going to pray just enough to feel a little relief. I'm telling you God is trying to break that spirit off of us. God is trying to take us to a place of abundance in the spirit realm. We have lived in the land of sufficient for so long that that's where we exist. And the Lord has taken us to a place where we're not satisfied with just sufficient. We are looking for the deep places. We're looking for a great harvest. Trying to get just what I need. Just just, just trying. But I'm telling you tonight that God has a way of surprising people. God has a way of showing us this is what you get when you handled it. Now obey me. Inconvenience. Inconvenience. One of the worst things you can do in the kingdom of God is just get comfortable. Come on now. I'm just comfortable. I like my church. I like my seat. I like what God's doing. Thank the Lord. I made it. Listen, I hate to, I, I hate to upset the fruit basket tonight. But if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you don't, you don't have the option of just relaxing in the kingdom. As long as you've got breath in your body, when you've been filled with the Spirit of the living God, quitting is not an option. You may not be able to dance like you used to, but you can still wiggle your foot a little bit. You may not run like you used to, but you can move your feet a little bit. The option to quit is not in the heart or the vocabulary of a child of God. 
Hallelujah. Inconvenience. He was hopeless. He was frustrated. And he was in the posture of giving up. And then comes this man intruding in his life. Climbing up in his boat. Jesus was teaching and he said, I need to get just a little bit more volume. So I'm going to step up on the bow of this boat. Now, you don't have to believe this if you don't want to. But there's, there's something powerful about this that's unseen in the picture. And it's very simply this. That where Jesus was standing teaching, when Peter had pulled the boat up onto the shore. Now I know some of you think I'm reaching, but I'm taking you somewhere with this. As Peter pulls the boat up on the shore and the hole of the boat comes up on the sand to keep it, keep it from drifting away. As Jesus is standing teaching, Jesus said, I'm going to step up just a little bit higher onto the bow of this boat so that I can speak to people. Now, I know, I know you don't believe this when I tell you this. But when Jesus steps on the scene, he's always a little higher than the trouble. Jesus is looking from a little different. Oh my God. He's looking from a little different perspective than you are. Peter thought, well, I guess this guy's just going to take my boat. You don't understand what he's doing. He's coming up a little bit higher. There's something powerful about when Jesus gets elevated and Jesus gets lifted up. He said, oh, I, li I, I like this. Understand the posture of these men. They're down in the water that had defeated them. They're standing down in the water, perhaps up to their waist, cleaning their nets. They're, they're, they're cleaning it up. But now Jesus is standing a little bit higher. He's standing on this boat, and he's looking down, and he's teaching. And he looks over to Peter, and Peter turns around busy. He turns around, and he said, hey, can you push me out a little bit? What? Can you not see that I'm happy doing what I'm doing? Hey. I hate to be the bearer of bad news tonight, but 2022, God's about to mess some of y'all up. Come on, I didn't come to play around on Sunday night. I came to preach to somebody. I said, God's about to mess some of y'all up. Some of you that have gotten comfortable in your posture and position of washing nets, God's about to mess you up right now. Excuse me. Yes. Can you... uh? You just give me a little shove here? Uh, yeah, sure. But understand that as he pushes him out just a little bit, while Peter is washing the net, he now becomes cognizant of this man's presence. And he begins to listen to what the Lord has to say. And while the Lord is speaking, Peter's mind is churning. Because where his words are, there is life. You do know that where the word of a king is, there is power. And you don't have to believe this, but I'm telling you it's a fact. That the thing that changed this whole circumstance is that Jesus got off of the shore. And he got onto the boat where the miracle was needed. And when his word got in the vessel where they needed the miracle, his word began to change the atmosphere. You don't have to believe me, but somebody will before we leave here tonight. His word knows how to change the atmosphere. Follow what I'm saying to you right here. 
And I believe this is biblically sound. I believe we can walk with this. Because Jesus looks at these men. And, sp and specifically to Simon Peter. And he looks at him and he says, hey, I want you to get back in here. And I want you to cast your nets again. And Peter begins to speak about what he's been through. Because this is usually our first response when God wants to do something great. We start telling him what we've tried and it hasn't worked. But notice that Peter says to him, nevertheless... What, what, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying God don't mind us griping a little bit as long as there's a nevertheless. You can get frustrated and God ain't going to be mad at you. You can get frustrated a little bit and say, God, I'm tired of trying. I'm tired of working. I'm tired of giving myself and nothing changes. Nevertheless. He said, nevertheless. At thy word. Let me just throw a question out here. You think Peter was talking about the word where he said, just try one more time? Or do you think maybe it's even possible that Peter had stood in that water washing his nets and listening to the word that that man had been speaking, standing on that boat? And perhaps that day he had told a story of the miracle working power of what God could do in the earth. And Peter said, I don't know what else to say, but I heard the report of the Lord. And I'm saying, Lord, whatever you said, I believe it. There's something powerful about getting in alignment with the word of God. Nevertheless, at thy word. I'm going to get in alignment with your word when it's contrary to all the evidence in my life. I know I'm preaching to somebody if it ain't but just two or three people. Somebody texted me, called me today and said, how'd it go? I said, we got the after Christmas blues going. Everybody's drunk on turkey or something. <laughs> Listen, it's one thing to say you're desperate. It's another thing to show God you'll do anything you've got to do to get in alignment with his word. And when you get in alignment with his word, it may be what others call insanity. We've heard it. If you've ever read John Maxwell, you've heard it, that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. But you know what makes it not insanity is that before it was Peter's idea and now it's God's idea. When he speaks the word and the atmosphere changes, it's all right. Just go ahead and do what he said to do. Because when Jesus says it, it's going to happen. He said, Lord, we've already tried this. And it did not work. Nevertheless. Now, I've been blessed in my life to swim in some beautiful waters. I've been blessed. I've been so very blessed. Put on a mask. Uh, didn't even put on a didn't even put on a tank. Just jumped in with my mask, swam down to the bottom, reached down there, grab a starfish, bring it up, look at the goodness. But I want to take. Can I just take y'all under the water for a moment right here? Can I just take you into a story like you have never seen in all your life? Some said the timing was wrong because the sun had come up and it was too late in the day. Others said it's impossible because apparently they're in the wrong place. Fish just aren't biting right now. 
But Peter was in the right place at the right time. Because when he said, nevertheless, before he could get it out, before he could get it out of his mouth, nevertheless, at thy word, every fish that was in that lake turned and went in the direction of obedience to the word of God. I feel like telling somebody there's a shift in the atmosphere and things that have just gone by you before God. Hey, God's about to send it in your direction. There's about to be a change in the Holy Ghost. There's a shift that's coming. There's a shift that's coming. Come on, I can't say it enough. I said there's a shift that's coming. I, I just feel like prophesying in this room right now. You understand me when I tell you that, that Peter, on multiple occasions that night, was so close to catching something. That fish would swim right by his net and swim right on past. By the multitude. Listen, every fish that was in his net was in the water while he was fishing. You hear what I'm telling you? But every time that blessing would swim by his net, it would just shake its head and say, not now. Because it ain't the right time. Here's the net cast just as sincere as you could imagine. But here comes the school. Come on, y'all come help me right now. Come on, you girls come help me. Come on, y'all be, come on, Brandon. You're standing, come on, come help me. And here, 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 we got the net. Come on, y'all stay away from that net. The timing's not right. Come on, get, get around. Don't, 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 don't even touch that. Come on. And we got the net. We got it cast. If anybody's going to catch him, Brandon is. That's why he's bringing up the back of the trainer. Come on. Jordan said he'll outfish you. There's the net. I ain't going in, are you? I'm not going in. Y'all tired of watching this yet? Peter was. Because every time he tried, it just wasn't coming. But all of a sudden, Bishop, I want you to shout this out for me. Just shout. Nevertheless, at thy word. Let's get together right here. Let me show you what happens. All of the blessings that have been surrounding you, God is about to supernaturally release. Thank y'all. I feel this in the Holy Ghost tonight. Somebody's about to experience supernatural relief. The answer has been dancing around your net. But tonight, you're in the right place at the right time. And the miracle is coming. You're in the right place. It's the right time. I feel a shaking in this house right now. I feel a shaking in this room right now. God, I can't shake this loose right now. I feel something moving up in here. There's something 
about the miraculous that leads us to a different kind of thinking. Because the Bible said that when the nets break and the vessels were filled, that the posture of the man changed. He went from a posture of frustration to a posture of repentance. It was alignment and obedient with the word of God that allowed the fish to come in. But when the miracle was finished, God wasn't finished with Peter. You understand what I'm saying? God was not finished with him. The timing was God's timing. But Peter had to align himself now with the fact that I'm a sinful man. Isn't it something that this man practicing repentance at the knees of Jesus right after a miracle happens is the same man that preaches in Acts the second chapter and the 38th verse, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin because he understands repentance. And it wasn't the last time he would fail. He would fail again when he would deny the Lord three times. But he came back because he understood the power of repentance. I've knelt at his feet before, and I've seen his miracle work and power before. I've come to preach to somebody tonight that the devil's been beating your brains out because you failed God, and you have slipped and fallen. But I want to tell you that if repentance worked the first time, it'll work again. There is mercy in this house tonight for somebody that will kneel down at his feet. My, my. Uh, I'll tell you what. I got my three points I need to make tonight. But anytime you feel this thing breaking forth in your heart right now, you just know it's in order. Because the Holy Ghost is moving and working in here tonight. If we're not careful, we'll miss the timing of God arguing with Jesus about what we have tried to do and it did not work. And we'll let frustration push us to a place that we'll miss alignment with God's will. Scripture said that Moses was in a rough place in Exodus, the third chapter. He went out into the wilderness. Why did he go? Because there was a Hebrew man that had said to him, I saw you kill that guy. Yes, you're going to kill one of us too? We saw you do that. He said, now it's a publicly known thing. People know I'm going to get in trouble. He was in an uncomfortable place. He was saying, Lord, how are you going to make this happen? What are you going to do in my life? And the Lord said, I'm going to inconvenience you. I'm going to send you to the backside of a desert. And you're going to become a shepherd. You've been raised in a palace, but I'm about to inconvenience you. And you're going to become a shepherd. And you're going to work on the backside of the desert. But it was in the timing of God that at this season, listen, God had to get Moses out of Egypt to get Moses into the wilderness, to get Moses to the burning bush. Well, why didn't the Lord just speak to him in Egypt? Because Egypt wasn't going to be where he stayed. The Lord took him to Sinai to where the law would be given in the wilderness and allowed that burning bush to come alive and the Lord began to speak to him there. Why? Because sometimes the Lord has to let us catch a glimpse of where he wants us to go while he inconveniences us. If you're ever going to lead somebody into the wilderness, you got to get out of Egypt and get into the wilderness. I've come to preach to somebody tonight that's all right with the Lord upsetting your nest a little bit, getting you out of palaces, getting you out of comfortable places and saying, Lord, if you got to take 
take me to the desert to talk to me then lead me to the burning bush and speak a word I don't I don't want to embarrass anybody tonight Sister Grisham will you help me I, I don't want to embarrass you I'm going to talk to this sweet sister tonight. When some of y'all left, Holy Ghost got to moving in that prayer room. And I just want you to tell this church just what that little bit that you told me at the very beginning. Would you do that? Pastor came over by us, and it was like the Holy Spirit hit us. And the Lord said, do not take for granted what you have. Do not take for granted what you have in this prayer room and do not take for granted what you have in this church it's not everywhere in the spirit the minute my husband and I walked into this church with my daughter and her family we have felt the spirit of the Lord but don't take it for granted you have to keep it burning. Like the pastor said this morning, the oil has to flow. You have to get new oil. You have to keep it going. Do not take for granted what the Lord is doing in this place and what he's going to do in this town. Do not take it for granted. I've come to tell somebody tonight, you're in the right place at the right time. The Holy Ghost is moving. I believe the burning bush is on fire. And I believe the voice is in the bush. I believe the Lord is speaking to the church right now. Don't take it for granted. Don't miss the moment. Don't miss the opportunity. I'm working in the church. Come on. You're in the right place at the right time. 